take a deep breath Take the higher road That's what they always say As if they know the way They won't take it from me But don't ever doubt yourself Cause life ain't just a dream You make your own So kick and scream The people will like With a never-ending force You never had the chance So what you waiting for The day has come, my friend Cause this is war Hello, welcome to Nurses Out Loud. Thank you guys for joining me. I wanted to do uh, an episode because we have Passover and Easter coming up. Last week, I talked to you guys a little bit about my background as a Christian and how I saw the world going. Um, The title of it was, Hey Christians, I'm Talking to You. So if you did not listen to it, I encourage you to go back and listen to that episode because this is kind of a little spinoff of that one. And I'm going to have my friend Tyson Gabriel joining me today. So just a little bit of a backstory. I changed. Well, let me let me take it a little bit further back than that. Probably about. 10 years ago, when I was in nursing school, um, I, I graduated from nursing school at 39 years old. So it was very late in life that I had this calling to go back. And while I was in nursing school, my sister, who um, lived very close to me, she's only a year and a half older than me, we're very close. She started talking to me about um, celebrating Christmas and Easter. And I had said to her that I wasn't, I wasn't exactly sure why I felt this way, but my thoughts had changed on celebrating these holidays. You know, I, I contemplated, was it because my kids were older, even though at the time I did have my son, Benjamin, who was like three. Um, But was it because it was, they were older? Was it because I, you know, was in Arizona not in Chicago. And so Christmas and the snow and the weather and the hot chocolate, you know, um, didn't have the same feeling as it does in the desert. And I, started listening to her a little bit more. She came across some different pastors and rabbis and she said, you know, I'm just not so sure we're supposed to be celebrating these holidays. And I said, well, it's not something that I would totally discount because I'm feeling what you're saying, but I am so busy right now with nursing school. I can't even think about putting something (laughs) as deep as this on my plate. And so I didn't, but as soon as I graduated, I was like, okay. And I got my first job. Um, I had the time. And so it, it basically started with me researching the tradition. What is it that I do every single year without fail 
um, as tradition because my mom did it, their mom did it and so on and so forth. And what I started finding out, I, I did not like. And it's interesting because it's been about 10 years that I stopped celebrating Easter and Christmas. And I started celebrating um, what I call the Lord's feast um, that he commands us to in the Bible. And, um, and throughout that time, I would meet different people. Well, you are going to meet Tyson Gabriel, who is a special friend of mine. And uh, we just met about a year ago. And I want you to hear his story and um, I'll intertwine my story on um, why the two of us don't celebrate uh, these holidays either, because I've met a lot of people that um, feel the same thing and or felt the same thing and stopped celebrating it. And um, so I wanted to bring this up to you guys and talk about it today because next week is when we're going to be celebrating this. And, and I just want you to listen. Uh, is it, is it God talking to you? Is it a, is it a nudge that you have from the Holy spirit um, that you too feel like these holidays don't mean a lot um, or why you're doing it anymore? Maybe you shouldn't. Um, so we'll just hear our conversation. So thank you for joining me today, Tyson. My pleasure, Jody. Great seeing you. <laughs> yes, always. Uh, Tyson and I live in the same city. And so um, he's over here at the studio uh, this morning talking. So thank you. Oh, my pleasure. It's a blessing to be here. Thank you. Yeah, it's like our friendship really just happened um, so quickly, right? It, it did. Yeah, and we met uh, last year at the uh, Frontline Industrial Hygiene Conference up in Michigan. Yep. Um, that's, and then I've, I've figured out who you were and that you lived locally. And I thought, well, we've got to become friends. So we started getting together every month and yep. it's really been a pleasure to not just make your acquaintance, but become your friend. And obviously with Tammy and Kristen and everyone else, it's been just a fun ride to meet like-minded people that have the same value system and um, just being able to grow together. And especially during these turbulent times, it's really nice to find friends that are aligned and be able to push together on the put on what we're doing with uh, the government fraud and yeah. things of that nature. Yeah. Uh, to the time of tribulation, I guess, is what's going on, right? Yeah. Now. Like end times. Yeah. 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 And so, so Tyson and I, we get excited, right? Because we're, we know um, that we're like called for, for a purpose. And, and I want you to hear Tyson's story, which is really cool. Um, but let, let's, let's get into, like, when did you stop celebrating Easter and Christmas? It's kind of been a gradual thing. It wasn't really a kind of a, a cut off, like, hey, we're going to just stop doing it. It just became one of those things where um, the, I, I would say when I was younger, traditional, like we would go through it, it was fun, great and all that. Um, I did have a friend growing up who was Jehovah's Witness and, and did understand a little bit about why they don't celebrate it, but it wasn't until my 20s. I'd spent uh, a few years up in uh, Ontario, Canada and in Northern Michigan um, doing service work. I had spent a large portion of my youth just kind of being a wayward person and kind of out of control with a lot of personal decisions and got my got things right when I was 22, um, was given the opportunity to go and 
share what I had been given uh, with other youth and uh, people that are struggling through the same things I had just gone through. So I did that and and uh, had the opportunity to meet with uh, people of different faiths and learn mm-hmm. more about their religions. And and um, the Jehovah Witness religion is is centered in Ontario, Canada. So there was a lot of those opportunities to speak to Jehovah's Witnesses and got a little bit more foundation as far as where they're coming from and why they don't celebrate those holidays. <clears throat> I understand the uh, pagan religion and pagan rituals that were behind those. Uh, if we go back to uh, when the uh, Roman Catholic Church was started, it was you know, Rome, Rome was a, a pagan religion society uh, when they mm-hmm. adopt when Constantine adopted Christianity as the uh, primary religion of the of society there they didn't get rid of their pagan traditions they just adopted it and put it in as a Christian religion or a Christian uh, holiday and uh, so learning about Ishtar ball um, essentially Christmas is to celebrate ball Easter is to celebrate Ishtar. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I've I've held on I've I've understood those things through through the years and kind of like you kind of I went through a period of life where I was real busy going to school working trying to establish my career and um, just kind of I I think I was just sleepwalking through that just following through with what cultural tradition was here in this country. Um, my wife and I we we kind of got to a point where it was just. We, we still have our fun Christmas movies that we like to watch and, and the lights are fun. But um, a lot of the festivities, we just we we haven't we stopped feeling like we needed to participate in it. Kind of don't we really didn't know where it came from, but it was one of those things. And as we progressed in this, um, this this revelation that's being given to us on what's going on with society with Luciferianism on the rise and things like that, it it now became evident to us where these things are likely antennas for that practice for if you think about ishtar the idols that the idol worshiping that was going on with israelites a lot of that stuff is going on in our society and it's going on yes. in our faces and we don't even realize it mm-hmm. so we we just we decided to stop being a conduit for that and um while those holidays come around we we don't just dismiss them completely in terms of um not recognizing what christ did for us we just make that time period about what Christ did for us. We don't, right. make, we don't make it about Easter bunnies. Mm-hmm. We don't make it about egg, you know, these Easter egg hunts or anything like that. Uh, we don't make it about Christmas trees or Christmas gifts. So you don't but, put up a tree either. Um, we we did about two years ago, but this last year we've, you yeah. know, we pretty much tossed it. We didn't put. It, we're not putting up anything now. So mm-hmm. um, for us, it was more just we don't want to be conduits to whatever idol worship is going on. And we want to make sure that we keep it centered around Jesus Christ yeah, and what he's done for us and what he continues to do for us. Yeah. So for me, um, that's kind of how I started, you know, when my sister, uh, said, I don't know if we should be celebrating these holidays. She, she wanted to tell me here, go look here, go look here. And she said, you know what, just, just, um, Google, what the history is. Yeah. Like how did Christian Christmas happen? How did Easter get its name? All of these things. Right. right? right. And that's literally what I tell everybody too. So we're, you know, I'm not going to spend this time on this show today, guys, you know, um, trying to convince you because I'm not, I'm not trying to convince anybody of anything. I am just, you know, speaking what I believe is true. And easily um, researchable. <laughs> it is. Well, and, and that's the thing is what, what we all have to always remember is to give people space to have their journey. 
Yeah. Um, one of the things for me is uh, a lot of my spiritual awakening happen happens in cycles and phases in different parts of my life. I, the Lord's not going to give you too much that you can't handle. Also, not too much that you can deal with. So um, when it talks about when I think of, through that in terms of knowledge, uh, how do we handle that knowledge? How do we handle that um, whatever revelation he's giving us? And and for me, looking, reflecting back on the last uh, 25 years of my life, 20 years, I look at it like he really started inserting certain things for me in phases. Mm-hmm. And and so it wasn't like all at once, everything just kind of comes and it's like falling off yes. a cliff, you know what I mean? Right. So, um, and what people should always know is just take things to the Lord. Yeah. Ask, ask him if it's right for you. Um, and, and, and it's one of those things, it's like getting a testimony of what, what you should be doing and what you should, what you should be following, what sh- you should adhere to, what you should ignore. Yeah. Like what's man, what's, what's the thing I was like doing is putting things through the filter. What is theology? What is revelation? Because they're not the same thing. And, and that's where um, I think personal revelation is, is such a key whenever you're developing your spiritual habits, um, practices, things that you want to do to grow closer to God. Like, do you want to be a conduit for God or a conduit for Luciferianism? Mm-hmm. And, and that's kind of where for my wife and I, we, you know, we've just come to a point where um, we look at, you know, having more, and you know, we do silly things what other people would consider silly, but for us, they're spiritual enhancing. Mm-hmm. Um, so we begin our mornings with uh, the tapping session. I don't know if you've ever heard of that before, Mm-mm. but I believe that we're spiritual beings having a mortal experience and that there's things that we can physically do to enhance our spirituality. So we begin our day at a tap on pressure points. Uh, it's a little thing that in what, but at the same time, we're asking God for specifics. Okay. And, and so we go through our tap, tapping routine and then we, then we go, we kneel for in prayer and we thank God and, and so forth. And that's how we start our day, but that helps us become conduits for the Holy spirit. And yeah. that's, and that's what we're striving to do throughout our day. And as we've done these, you know, picked up these practices and these things to become more of a conduit for spiritual growth, we found like other, other spiritual treasures being given to us. Hey, pay attention to this. Hey, think through that. And uh-huh. that's where like, Okay. We started making more cognizant as we've learned more about um, you take, for example, the transgender thing that's going on. Moloch is a, is the uh, uh, Luciferian or pagan idol worship, transgender like God. The pagan God. Yeah, pagan God, transgender child sacrifice God. So you think about what's going on. They're going after our kids as part of the child sacrifice portion. So we think yeah. through abortion we think through what they're doing with these kids on reaffirming gender reaffirming surgeries. Well, you know, let's talk about that for a second, because I can see, you know, uh, last week I did talk about Jonathan Kahn's Return of the Gods, his book. And and he talks about that where the gods have returned because they know these spirits don't die. Right. right. And right. and so they're they continue. So you think of how we sacrificed 60 million children on the altar of Baal. Yep. Right. Yep. For uh our freedom. Yep. Right. Because oh, right now is not the time. Right. Um, I'm I'm in school and you know what we worshipped, we worshipped what our idol was was you know, freedom. Yeah, our own life. It was, it had nothing to do with the life of the child that we were going to abort. Right. Right. Or essentially murder. Yep. And, you know, and it's because we made our, um, uh, 
our idol, our freedom and ourselves. And then with them overturning Roe v. Wade, I could see where that um, that God got, you know, pissed. Yeah. And then it's like, okay, well, now I'm coming harder for the kids that are alive because I am going to make them lose their freaking mind and not know if they're a boy or a girl. And I'm going to change everybody else's like he like essentially has changed our culture around us to where that's normal and the way we think is considered not normal. But we know that we are more than them. Well, and this they is, just have a louder voice. Right. And this is this is what was prophesied about in the end times is the inversion of wickedness and righteousness. And that's what we're that's what we're seeing right now. And for me, I look at what's going on with these kids. They're plugged into the matrix. You know, they're, they're on social media. They're mm-hmm. on their 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 phones all the time. And they're in their influenced by this. And it's this isolated echo chamber of a world that's not real. And then they try to take that and assimilate that into the real world. And it doesn't configure. And that's where you're starting to get like just the other day, the mass shooting and like all these things are happening because these kids are so brainwashed and and warped by the matrix that they come out of it and they're they're trying to assimilate the world into their view. Yes. Their truth and theirs. Yes. And and it's not gonna, it doesn't make sense. And that's that's where now you're you're gonna start seeing the push for more violence. There's gonna be more. And this is all part of the tribulation aspect. There's going to be wars, rumors of wars. There's going to be a lot of turmoil, a lot of tribulation. And persecutions uh, of Christians. So let's talk about that. Let's let's talk about that uh, school shooting where that transgender. um, So it was a man who calls himself Aubrey. It was a girl who, who, or was it a girl who, who wrecked who called him a man? Maybe you should look that up. Does it even freaking matter? I think it was was a girl who uh, identified as a boy. Yeah. So, so the point is, it doesn't matter. Yeah, exactly. Girl. All that matters is that it was a biological person that you know changed and said that they're the opposite. Right. Um, brought in a couple guns to the school and um killed the pastor mm-hmm. right the pastor the pastor's daughter yeah i think there was three adults and three kids that were killed yeah three yeah. adults and three kids yeah. so and and the crazy thing is is that um they're on mainstream media it, it was just a shooter yeah it wasn't a transgender yeah. Yeah. and then when i look at it and i um looked at the article they had said that um no known history of mental illness. Well, what? Yeah. The fact that she's going through this isn't, I mean, that is a mental illness. Absolutely. I, yeah, it's always, it's been classified as that for, for decades. And now they're trying to normalize it. And as that, those who are in a sense of reality are the ones that are somehow prejudiced, like right. not accepting of this. So, um, but we're, we're going to start seeing a lot more of that in your, in, mm-hmm. in these, these people that are, you know, I just we just learned of some friends of ours whose daughter is now pronoun he and him. You know, and it's oh it's, really it's sad. Yeah, wow. to me because I look at this as what's the end result? Yep. Spiritual death. Yeah, yeah. These these poor kids. You know, they're they're being brainwashed and manipulated. Then they start becoming adults. Well, you're accountable for what you're doing. You know, you go in and start shooting up kids, innocent kids, and uh, other people doing the Lord's work. You're going to be accountable for that. And that's, that's a terrible thing. But even just even like, I I, I, my personal belief and kind of what has my discernment has been um, 
in terms of the importance of mortality is that it's a short span that we're here. I think we're in a cycle of our um, our development as individuals, as beings, is is a this is a critical time for that. Um, but becoming who you become as a person and the relationships that you develop are the things that you carry with you through the eternities. Um, so if you come out of this state confused on who you are mm-hmm. and you don't have any strong relationship, you didn't spend your time developing core good relationships and also giving back yeah. in those relationships. Um, I, you know, I worry about what these kids become through the eternities. Like what, what does that do to their spiritual welfare? Mm-hmm. And, and, but that is part of the child sacrifice. Yeah. Right? I mean, this is a generation that's being destroyed by this. Um, that's a, just look at the abortion uh, debate where now they, they don't even recognize um cells human cells as a developing person <laughs> you know what i mean it's like right. they they've, they've they're just, like oh it's just a clump of cells that's it like what do you think we are exactly exactly <laughs> and it's just it's mind-blowing how they just continue to degrade the value of a human being mm-hmm. um and and if you go into the collectivism mindset this falls in line with collectivism so collectivism no individual freedom um and the more they can have people confused about their gender, even better, because you're not an individual. Right. You're not, you're not part of a society, you're part of a collective where you follow what the whatever the system says, you're just following through with it and you can do whatever you want. Um, the whole uh, World Economic Forum push, uh, you owe nothing to be happy. Well, you, a lot of these kids that are tied into the matrix. You put them on virtual reality mm-hmm. sequences and you put them in a little room all by themselves. I'm sure they will be happy to live in their alternate reality. Right. But but in a sense, that's not what we're here to do. We're spiritual beings have a mortal experience. We're here to, re, to return to God. Yeah. And and to to be like him and to develop things like him, develop those characteristics. Um, so. I, yeah. I, I mean, he, he made us in his image. Yes. Right. Yes. That's what it says. And I when I was looking up the definition of a Christian for my show last week, uh, it says that, you know, somebody that wants to um, be like Jesus, essentially. So how are we as Christians being like Jesus, if we're allowing all this evil to go on and not speak up against it? Well, if you go back for me, I I just remember as a young man back in the eighties and nineties, where talking politics and religion was not kosher. Yeah. And that has essentially become like the societal norm. And so what happened there, there was that period where we're not engaging in religious discussions or spiritual discussions. Um, we're not really sharing our, our personal devout testimonials of Jesus Christ and things like that because it's not kosher. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so that laid, to me, that laid the foundation for where we are today. You know, it's not kosher to talk about Jesus. It's not kosher to talk about your spiritual beliefs. It's not kosher to, but yeah. it's kosher to talk about Luciferianism in a, masked way you know through transgenderism and things like that abortion yeah and that's how these things crept into our society the um the push that we're seeing now i mean these, these things were happening but they were more isolated and they were kind of laughed at you know in, in the mainstream but now they've become mainstream these last three years you've just seen this complete inversion of our societal norms and uh, we're adopting new societal norms mm-hmm. and, and, do, and it conflicts with scientific norms. <laughs> like it conflicts with a lot of, yeah. um, a lot of things that, that we've, uh, and you as well, like we've all gone through 
schooling and training for things. And now we're being told that our, our 20 years of training and schooling is yeah. obsolete, but you don't provide any evidence as to why it's obsolete. Um, yeah. You know, you talk about you're following the science, but you can't determine you can't determine how many genders there are. Well, science will tell you that. Yeah. You know, and and this is the this is the. I don't know, I guess the kind of the goofball state of uh, of, of uh, people's minds are at this point with everything that's going on with our society. Mm-hmm. But it, we as Christians, we are as people that believe in God and you don't necessarily need to be Christian to do that. We all need to start coming together on that point, that aspect and say, look. It's it's time to stop mm-hmm. these not kosher things of talking about our faith, talking about what we believe in, talking about God, talking about our love for him and really start putting that be conduits for that, putting that light into the world. We need to start bringing that back because that's what they society, these societal norms. That's what they did. They dimmed the, the light of Christ. completely, Christ. totally, totally. Yeah. And, and even with me growing up, you know, I have people say to me, um, wow, I didn't know you believe like that. And I'm like. You didn't. I feel like I feel bad that my good friends, some of them are like, don't know that the relationship that I have with God, right? Because it's who I am. And like you, you said earlier about going off on different paths. I mean, Lord knows that I went off on different paths. Mm -hmm. Big time. (laughs) I mean, and you know what? It was only by the grace of God that I, I got through them um, as well as I did, but it's also because he knew, he also knew my heart for him. Yeah. Right. He same with you, you know, there's this uh, course that I'm developing now. And we had our first meeting last Sunday called confidence, courage, and calling. And I went out in the beginning of the talking with them, because we do it over zoom. You know, I said that we all, have to have some confidence so that we choose, you know, our faith over fear and walk in our calling. Right. You know, I think that's a good uh, time for us to break here. Um, And then when we come back, we'll talk about that. And then we'll talk about how we both are walking in our calling. Absolutely. And, you know, it's, it, very plain to see. And it's crazy to even say that, like the Lord chose us. Yeah. He created us for such a time as this. And we're literally the living, breathing um, reality of that scripture. Yeah. So that's really cool. It really is. It's, it's really fun. cool. <laughs> so guys, before we go to break, I want to make sure you are following my other sister nurses on nurses out loud. We just started in December and we are getting amazing feedback from you guys. Uh, We just love all the love and support. So please continue sharing our, our, our articles, our, um, our shows Our we go to podcasts a day or two later after we are live. So there's essentially a podcast dropping daily and you can hear us daily. Um, we're on five days a week with a different nurse host daily. And we all bring something very unique to the conversation. I think for me now, it feels as although that I'm um, really getting called into this kind of ministry, which uh, is a different kind of ministry, but I love it. So anyway, we'll see not you. traditional. It's not, I'm, I'm not definitely traditional. Not traditional. Which is good. <laughs> we don't need traditions. So we will talk about, uh, talk about a relationship over religion when yes. we get back. We'll be right back. 
you're like me, you'd like life to return to some kind of normal. You're burned out on all the fear-mongering, but deep down you try and minimize viral exposure and your risk of getting sick. You've heard it talked about time and again by respected medical professionals. Use a pulvinone iodine nasal solution. I don't need to tell you just how powerful a nasal cleansing formula with xylitol, pulvinone iodine, and vitamin D3 for immune support could be. In fact, my attorney told me not to tell you. Google it and find out for yourself. Now, get yourself a bottle of American-made Cofix RX nasal solution. Let's get out and live again. CofixRx.com. That's C-O-F-I-X-R-X.com. Use coupon code OUTLOUD and get 20% off. Maintaining a strong immune system has never been more critical. Nutrition company Healthy Cell created Immune Super Boost to help you strengthen your immunity. Unlike other supplements that don't work, Immune Super Boost is not a pill. It's a gel you swallow with ultra absorption of science-backed nutrients proven to support immunity, like vitamin C, D3, zinc, elderberry, and echinacea. Go to HealthyCell.com and use limited time code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Risk-free, love it, or your money back, guaranteed. HealthyCell.com, code out loud. Here on America Out Loud, we emphasize optimal health, and air is the most essential element for life. The average person inhales over 35 pounds of air every day, yet we seldom think about how to rid the air of pathogens swiftly and safely when we need to. The Genesis Fogger Plus HOCL is the only way to quickly and naturally restore air to its optimal condition. Visit genesisfogger.com forward slash out loud for a free ebook on everything you need to know about HOCL and receive a 15% discount on the Genesis Fogger with promo code OUTLOUD. With Genesis, you'll be ready for what's next. We are fighting the ultimate fight between good and evil. AmericaOutloud.com replaces groupthink with innovative think. Well, it was Walt Whitman, the poet, who said, Keep your face always toward the sunshine, and shadows will fall behind you. America Out Loud Talk Radio. Liberty and justice for all. Welcome back. Thanks, guys. Thank you for joining me. I am your host, Nurse Jody O'Malley, and you are listening to Nurses Out Loud. I have my friend Tyson Gabriel here, and uh, we just started the first half talking about how we both essentially stopped celebrating traditional Christian holidays because we just felt like we were called for another purpose. Um, so to uh, for Tyson, you said that you don't celebrate Easter or or um, Christmas necessarily. You know, you have your own little traditions mm-hmm. that you do. Yep. And same with me. Yep. You know, we we celebrate Hanukkah and we'll talk about the the Lord, yep. um, each of us on a different day, depend now that we're older um, and everybody has their own lives and stuff. I mean, we're, we'll try to get together once or twice or something. Sure. But um, as far as Easter is concerned, we started celebrating Passover because when I was doing the research, which I encourage you guys all to do, um, I just started doing the research on the Easter and Christmas because I was curious, like, do I really feel like the Lord wants me to do this 
or am I only doing it because it's tradition? And so when I found out how these holidays um, began, I I really looked to the Bible and I was like, okay, so it was super basic for this critical thinker here. Mm -hmm. And I know you are too. (laughs) All right. So there is the Trinity, the father, the son, and the Holy spirit, all the same, just different manifestations. Mm. What do you believe? I believe they're different individual beings. Mm. Um, The, just the first, first part of Genesis Let's, let's create man in our image after our likeness. Um, in our, our, like it's plurality of people talking. Let's make man in our image after our likeness. So that's in the first book of Genesis. God in yeah. the beginning mm-hmm. was the father mm-hmm. or in the beginning was the word and the word was what, no, that's in Matthew yeah, or something. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, and this is the thing. So talk about in the beginning was God and the word and all being one and so forth. If you look in, um, Later on, after Christ sent out the disciples, he prayed for the disciples that they may be one as you and I are one. Mm-hmm. Uh, so to me, one talks about unity. Like when you talk about a team, we want the team to play as one, to be aligned, to be unified, okay. be unified in purpose. So in, in if people disagree with me, that's totally fine. Yeah. That, that, and that's, you know, nobody has all the answers. Right. It doesn't matter. Yeah. It doesn't matter. It really so, doesn't. Uh, but that's just for me. We just need to know yeah. that Jesus died and he was Correct. resurrected. Yeah. And, and I'm a whole, <laughs> I mean, and that, that was one thing for me, um, you know, in my spiritual path, when I was 15, 14, my parents separated when I was 15, my mom was diagnosed with bipolar schizophrenia. Uh, my dad left. And um, eventually my mom was put into a state institution. My younger siblings were sent off to other family members to live with. My brother, who was a year younger than I, we were left on our, to our own devices. How old were you? Uh, 15 and 16. Uh, wow. We lived in our own place for a short time because we got eventually got kicked out of the house because, of course, we couldn't pay. You, live, you put 15, 16-year-olds together. Oh. Can't pay. Partying. Making, partying, making stupid decisions, stupid yeah. choices. Um, so, so like, wait a second, there's some kids that are yeah. living so, on their own. To, and to be looking back on that as a 40 something, why would you think that was a great idea? Right. Uh, so they left us to our own devices as ignorant young kids. Um, and, uh, I, I went through a pity party, uh, really made a lot of poor decisions through life. Uh, about 22 is when I started, I had an experience. Um, I hit a fork in the kind of that fork in the road in my mm, life. Yes. Okay. If I keep doing this, this is where I'm going. Yeah. But if I change, I have a possibility of another option. And so when I was 22, I hit that fork and I, I hadn't prayed in probably eight years. Yeah. And I decided to pray that day because uh, it was a dad's compliment. I was contemplating whether or not to even live. Okay. So I, I was kind of going through that spiritual battle and uh, my brother, my youngest brother, um, very spiritual kid, always, like homecoming king, football captain, like everything. And he did, he made all the right decisions in life. Okay. You know, in school was, was just fellowship Christian athlete, you know, just a great kid. He bought me the footprints poem as in my, for my, oh yeah, I framed it and everything. And I remember that day I started reading that and I just, I had this overwhelming spiritual desire to hit my knees and pray. Mm. Uh, When I did that, I felt the presence of somebody holding me weeping, wanted me to transfer my life into something more. 
for so from the ages of 15 to 22, I really didn't care if I lived or not. I was going through a really dark time. And, and that was the first day I remember a wanting to live, but also felt hopeful about my life. Wow. And so um, I was a high school dropout. I didn't really have an idea of where, what I wanted to do in life, where I wanted to go. And um, I had an opportunity present, present itself to me to uh, go into, basically go on a walkabout. And it was a structured walkabout to where I could go help kids and younger people overcome a lot of the problems I had just overcome. Wow. So I spent several years doing that. It was a great time. Changed my whole life. So I want to tell people a little bit um, with the footprints in the sand, mm -hmm. because that was really big. I remember yeah. everybody had it in their oh, homes. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know for those listening, it's a, it's a, um, a poem essentially. So you'll see, what is it? Maybe you can explain it a little better. Uh, you know, when you're going through the darkest times in your life, uh, you know, he sees all these dual footprints in the sand. So it's a picture of two footprints yeah. in the sand. And then he, and then the, the person recognized you know, during his hardest times in life, he only saw one footprint or one set of footprints in the sand. And he asked the Lord, why is that? Why mm -hmm. weren't you with me? He goes, that's, that's when I was carrying you. Right. And yes. I was like, oh, that's, that hit me. Oh, that I love me. that too. Me. Yes. Oh. And I thought, mm -hmm. okay, I can do this. And, and uh, so when I went on this spiritual journey and um, there were still things kind of creeping in my mind and I, I decided to go uh, get some counseling on it. You know, I went to a therapist who had a Christian background and I started explaining my pity party to him and he goes, man, that is really awesome. I said, what do you mean? Awesome. He goes, the Lord presented those things for you and he knew you could handle those mm -hmm. and you could grow from that. Mm -hmm. and I thought, well, that's a great way of framing that. And I thought that aligns with the footprints in the sand. <laughs> right. So for, for me, I, it, mm -hmm. it, that dynamic just shifted my way of looking at, uh, myself, my future, my past, everything. And I, now I look at my past as a badge of honor or something that I've, I've come from that was pivotal in my development today. And, you know, I, I eventually, uh, when I got home from that, I was in my late twenties and, um, uh, my brother's best friend's dad was a, uh, he was an environmental director at an agency within health and human services. And we were at a basketball game watching one of their, one of his sons play as the same son that I coached in peewee football years before. And, um, uh, Doug is his name and Doug became a mentor of mine and he asked me, he's like, so what are you doing? You know, what are you going to do with your life? And I'm high school dropout. I have no idea. I was like, I don't know, Doug. 27 years Got old. 27 years old. Right. High school I, was like, I have no idea. And, and now, you know, back then, 20 years ago, <laughs> yeah. that was, um, that wasn't really acceptable as no, it, it is old. now. Yeah. That was older. Yeah. You yeah. were old. Like most people went to college and they're, when they're 18, got out when they're 22 and they're yeah. in the middle of their career at my age. And I'm sitting there, I'm just getting started. Yeah. Um, so he asked me to come into the agency and apply for um, a contractor position to essentially be a, a sampling gopher. So I sampled for asbestos and lead. And I was working with industrial hygienists in the agency. And um, so eventually I spent about a year working and just kind of, doing what everybody told me and being a good soldier and following through and taking orders and, you know, just understanding, but as I'm asking questions, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to learn, I'm trying to gain edification through this process. And about my second year, uh, a lot of the guys I was working with were like, dude, Tyson's just as good as any of us. Like you can send them out to handle this stuff. And after about two years, I sat down with Doug and I said, like, how can I make this a career? And so he, he gave me a path and I just mm -hmm. followed that path. Um, 
irony is, is like, I, it didn't make any sense that I was in this field because <laughs> if you would have known me when I was younger and you're a scientist, I know, it makes sense. <laughs> my dad, it, the funny story about that is my dad, I didn't tell my, my dad and I eventually we uh, reconnected and we have a very close relationship now, but um, yeah, my dad at the time, I'm kind of one of those people. I don't like really sharing because I've, I went through, it, it's an interesting dynamic with my family as a whole, but um I went through a phase where I was just like, I'm just going to grind and do the work and, and get my life where I want it to be and not talk about it. I'm just going to do it. Yeah. And so I didn't like, no one knew I was even in college. Yeah. My dad had no idea as a college graduate. Mm-hmm. And so when I, my brother, um, probably was a ER scientist now. And my dad's like, well, you're not a scientist. I was like, uh, <laughs> I, I kind of am dad. I went to school and he's like, what? you went to college? <laughs> That's right. yeah. So, you know, it's kind of funny. I talk. It was uh happened to me. I I get my mail and I'm going through it. And I was like, oh look, my um my master's degree came yeah. in the mail. <laughs> it comes in the mail and I yeah. happened to have my adult children over yeah. at the time. Yeah. And so they were over with Benjamin and I was like, Oh look, I you know, I got my master's. And then my kids were like, You got your master's degree? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. And I go, yes. And they're like, wait, wh- what? Why didn't you like have a ceremony? Yeah. And I was like, ah, I didn't think I want to do that. Yeah. And then they said, mom, you've got your master's degree. How are you not celebrating it? And I'm like, I don't know. And they're like, you are so weird. <laughs> Just doing the work. Just doing the work. So going through my daughter's going through uh interior design school and i said well honey will you just make me a background you know because i'm on these interviews all the time and it's a white wall you know (laughs) can you help me look a little more professional and she said yes she goes grab grab your uh degrees and i put them out and i go i got like seven (laughs) and she's like wow you're a trip yeah and i was like all right you can you can frame them (laughs) go ahead i don't know i just found mine uh i just moved into a to a different home and i just found it i was was like oh man so i guess i need to like put this up somewhere maybe should put it up yeah Yeah. work hard for it not just and that just uh you know i i bring that up because you know we're both talking but that's living life yeah right? We, yeah. we both have just lived and we're like, okay, well, we're just going to do it. Yeah. We're just going to do the thing. Yeah. We're going to live this life and, and we're going to go through all the ups and downs and stuff and not really dwell on any one single thing. Right. Just, you know, walking in our purpose. Yep. So yeah. Yeah. No, go ahead with that. And, and that, that was, that was really, you know, look at reflecting back now, you know, when you're going through those, you don't, you don't understand the bigger picture in play. Mm-hmm. Um, and now I, I would say about a year ago. Um, I already knew when the, all this started with the masking stuff. And, and if your audience doesn't know, industrial hygiene is ex- exposure science field. Yeah. Uh, so we deal with exposure controls and, and we we come in and we map out exposure plans based on uh, site specific needs, uh, p- job description needs. Like we we go down to the microcosm, like, because you can't, uh, if you have an area where they have a certain exposure and another area of the facility has a different exposure, your exposure plan is going to be different for those two rooms like, or those, right. those different areas. Like you, you might have different respiratory protection. Or, so there's rarely, like, I've never actually seen, witnessed a good one size fits all safety protocol Yeah. other than like safety shoes. But even that can be complex because then there's other, uh, 
Like there's, they're called toe caps where they put it on and that caused trip hazard. I've seen people trip and almost fall into rotating equipment on that. Um, so when all the masking stuff came out and they started this one size fits all PPE uh, mm -hmm. uh, protocol and it wasn't even real PPE, it was a face covering. <laughs> it was it, like it was so stupid cloth. to me. I remember just thinking, oh my gosh, what is going on here with this? Yeah. Um, and uh, I, I early on, I, I saw some of Tammy, Tammy Clark's videos and, and started tracking Tammy and Kristen. Um, so I aligned with what they were talking about. They were on point. But I thought, you know, everyone keeps talking about following the science. So I thought, well, I'm going to research what's going on with these these studies that CDC is producing. Um, and um, came out with some findings and some interesting findings. But during during this path of investigations and pushing back and, and working with Tammy and Kristen and Petty, Steve Petty, he's, he's another uh, colleague that we work with. Um, so he talks about Tammy and Kristen, uh, cause this is Tammy Clark and Kristen Megan, who's uh, good friends of mine. They're, they're both OSHA and military whistleblowers and also in the same, uh, field as Tyson. Yep. So yeah. Yeah. Very close friends. They're, they're amazing people. Amazing. Yeah. They've done a lot for this. They've done fantastic work. Mm -hmm. And, and I just, I think to myself, as I've been going through all this and there's only in the entire world. There's only five industrial hygienists, industrial hygienists that have come forward and said, this is crap. Now, there's plenty of them behind the scenes. I have a lot of friends, colleagues and all that. They're like, yeah, you go, you go. Right. They'll, they'll help behind the scenes, but they don't have the courage to stand up and put their reputations on the line. Yeah. And that's that's a big problem. Well, it's the same with nurses, right? Mm -hmm. It's like we essentially have five nurses, yeah. you know, yeah. if we want to compare, you know, because we have four million nurses. Yeah. How many industrial hygienists do you have? Like 10, tens of thousands? Just 10,000 in this country. Right. It's a very, it's a very isolated group. And Extremely. Yeah, and they're yeah. all government trained. Yeah. Pretty much all yeah. government employed. Yeah. Um. So yeah, people do not want to blow the whistle yeah. when they're a federal employee. Yeah. They just don't. And so, yes, you guys are very unique in this situation. And so I think, you know, looking at all this, looking at your life, what you've been through, what you've struggled with, how you came to the same, you know, tugging that little whisper, yeah. how God likes to come to us. Yeah. And the, with the loudest voice, yeah. I like to say that makes you stop dead in your tracks that, you know, oh, wait a second. What was that? Yeah. Why did I just think that? Yeah. And, and people, you know, they always want to talk in this new agey thing. And to me, you know, when, when you talk about, um, the the sh like chakras in a way right yeah. well, what were you with your tapping, tapping. on the energy yep. Yep. and then i have a friend who um that i'm teaming up with to do a retreat with and she does biofield tunings right or sound bath and and then you know me i don't do that but i appreciate that yeah. and when we are bringing in these different modalities and different treatment options and stuff um we have got to get away from d living in that religious christian box sure you know I what agree. i mean I totally agree with that. because totally i agree. know your heart yeah you know i also do know that the enemy can come disguised as an angel of light but sure we were also talking about how we can look at a person's eyes yeah. and see it is the, the, you know, the window to their soul yep. essentially. And people can come and say the right things, but then do all the wrong things. And so with us both believing in science yeah. and understanding that we are just a group of cells and we're energetic beings 
why are we not like, I do believe that we do need to entertain those things. If, if Jesus Christ is at the, at the forefront of it all. Right. Right. And we're not summoning some other spirit because God forbid. Yeah. You don't want no <laughs> idol worship. Well, and that's, and that's the whole point is being a conduit. Mm-hmm. What do you want to be conduit for? You know, if you're plugged into the matrix and buying into all this transgenderism and things, those are idol worshiping traits. Yes. Those are traits from from Ish from Baal and also, but mainly um, uh, Moloch. These are these are traits of Moloch: child sacrifice, transgenderism. Yeah. Um, but for us, what we want to be is a conduit for the Holy Spirit, yeah, for Christ, and and that's why for us we we look at things. Okay, how can we enhance our our uh, conduit ability or vibe vibrations mm-hmm. or whatever you want to call it? But how do we enhance that to be closer to God? Yeah. So that's why we we. we we start the tapping and that, that gives us a spiritual charge, but then we follow up with our prayer. Mm-hmm. And right. to me that I look at prayer is like, that's, that's me giving God a phone call. Yes. And just saying, Hey, love you. Thank you. That's and how I do it. Yeah. I, yeah. I just speak. I just talk to him like a father and yeah, uh-huh. that's, you know, I don't go into scripted prayers or anything. Me like neither. That. I wanted to be straight up. Like I, I always kind of looked at it as I'm calling my dad and I'm just reading him a script. He's going to think I'm weird. Right. So I'm going to be like, Oh father. Yeah. Oh father. Thank you for this blessed day. Yeah, and, that's, and that's why like, even in personal prayers, I don't want to be redundant. I'm going yeah. to be specific about the day, you know, what's going on in my heart, what's going on in my mind. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just one of those routines that my wife and I are, we, we strive to start our day that way. And then uh, in our day, but even throughout the day, Right. There might be a situation where I'm like, oh my gosh, I am just like stressing out, going nuts. And I'm going to go talk to my father real quick and see what he thinks I should do. And that's how I, that's how I have it as well, Tyson. It's a, it's a a relationship. Right. And, you know, I do want to touch base before we um, end here, Yeah. but you know, we're coming up on Easter. Yeah. And so what I found out about Easter was that, um, that it was a God Ishtar yep. and it was a God of fertility. Yep. Hence the, the bunny rabbits yep. and um, you know, laying eggs everywhere. It's yep. like, okay, well here you're fertile. Yeah. And I think of how I was so horrified yeah. that I, my children celebrated in that. <laughs> we all did. Oh my goodness. Yeah. I mean the hunt and everything you know, uh, of course, you know, you have your fun childhood memories sure, of it. Sure. And I think that's where new parents are are like, oh, but I had fun yeah. um, when I was doing that. And then now, you know, I just don't feel like the Lord is calling us to do that, you know, no. because it's not about it. It becomes not about Jesus exactly. at that point. Exactly. It becomes about, oh, we did our thing. We went to church. We showed up. We gave yep. thanks to him. And now we're going out in the parking lot and running around after pagan God. Yes. Like symbols. <laughs> it's horrific. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. And and that's one of the, one of the cool things that we started in our, our tradition. So when we, um, we still recognize everyone celebrating these pivotal moments in, in our, um, um, our, the gift that we were given with, with Jesus Christ. Yeah. So what do we celebrate in, um, at Easter time to me, I like to reflect on, um, you know, people talk about the death and resurrection of Christ, which is pivotal. But the one thing that I think is really underrated during this time is the garden of Gethsemane. Mm-hmm. The Garden of Gethsemane, to me, was is the foundation of essentially the atonement of Christ. 
that gave him, I mean, his, his empathetic walk with us started through his mortal experience. Obviously, you know, he went through his 40 day fast and really got a, an understanding of how Satan's going to tempt all of us. Yes. But, but the garden of Gethsemane showed him the afflictions, the mm-hmm. mortal afflictions. Mm-hmm. And, and to me that empathy, because this is a perfect, perfect being, uh, but the empathy that he was able to um, receive to be our advocate, I think is pivotal in our, uh, in our walk with Christ and, and also for our eternal opportunities. So, uh, yeah, it reminds me of this scripture um, because I, I talk with people about it a, a lot about, you know, the living in the Lord's will and not our own. Yeah. And in the garden of uh, Gethsemane, you know, Jesus uh, calls out and he says, father, if, hold on, if it is your will, take this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours mm-hmm. be done. Yeah. And even, even Jesus, it was hard. Even Jesus was saying your will father, yeah. not my own. Yeah. And, and but we he, forget that. But he's another thing to also look into that is he's asking for him to remove the cup from him because it was so hard, so difficult. Mm-hmm. And, right. and that to me is the thing that he understands us and where we're at in our phase of, of existence. He's like, we're, I think if we really understood sin and the complexities of that, we'd all be screwed. But yeah, having that atonement of Christ and, and for him to have empathy, empathy for us, perfect empathy, perfect. Uh, and what we're dealing with, I think that makes him the perfect advocate for us. Yes. And, and to me, it's one of those things where I, I will, I will die on my feet as a free Christian man. Like I will, I will do the Lord's bidding yeah. to the day I die. And that's really I think that's what really drove a lot of, I know for Tammy and, and Kristen and Steve, like the, these guys, they, they have that spiritual discernment. Like we all knew what was going on was wrong and the recommendations from the government were wrong, but what are we going to do about it? And that's where having that faith of taking that step into the dark and, yeah, you know, this is the right thing to do, standing up and, and investigating what's going on and revealing uh, the truth. Like, because these people, the Marxists, they operate with, fraud and force. Mm-hmm. So we have to, we have to take away the, the fraud, disclose the fraud, show people the fraud. And hopefully that will minimize their ability to use force on us. Yeah. And, and really, you know, being more outspoken, you know, they, they say as a whistleblower, the best thing that you can do is to uh, speak even louder yeah. so that the public knows who you yeah. are. So you can't disappear that quickly. Right. You right. know, it's the same as being a child of God. It's yeah. like, we need to, we need to shine our light even Absolutely. brighter in that darkness because the darkness will not overcome it. Right. You know, we know that in, in the word and, and even in real life, if there, you're in a dark room and you have a flicker of light, it overcomes the room It overcomes the room. Yeah. And a lot of people, you know, just don't, just don't tend to see it like that, you know? And this is what people need to understand is if you have faith in God, light and darkness can't occupy the same space. Mm -hmm. So if you have faith in God, let your light shine. And that's what the world needs right now. The world needs more people standing up and letting that their light of God shine through because that's how we're going to get out of this. This is how we overcome tribulation. Um, I'm I'm sure things are going to get a lot worse. I, I, yeah, they will. Yeah, I don't see things getting any better anytime soon. But that's where your faith is going to come in to stores mm-hmm. doing what God wants you to do. Yeah, and how how can you affect the change that needs to happen on the world and and be able to get us back to 
maybe not even back to where we were, because I don't know if that's really a good place, but get us to an enhanced um, societal standing and to where we don't hide from God, where we don't that's hide right. our, our love for God. We don't hide our faith. No, and we need to we need to talk about it yeah. and we need to talk about it even louder. Yeah. You know, we're not we're not persecuted. Like there are many parts of this right, world, right. but the day will come it's, that it will happen it's and it's happening it, now. Yeah, it's happening. You know, and, and people, I just, I pray, you know, I thank you friends for joining us on this episode. Um, you know, this is all the time we have for today, but we're here five days a week, Monday through Friday, Eastern time with a different nurse host daily. Please be sure to tune in and listen to myself and my amazing sister nurses As we walk you through all of these hot topics, we will empower you with information and education. We will advocate and we will stand in the gap for you because we are nurses and that is what we do. I'm your host, Nurse Jody O'Malley, and you can find me here every Friday morning at 10 a.m. Eastern with an encore at 11 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Be sure to make America Out Loud your daily stop for all the latest news and happenings. We must do our part and share the stories, the articles, the podcasts, so we can help secure America's future. Until next time, be safe, be well, and God bless. We are five nurses brought together bound by ethical principles and on our mission to protect the heart, soul, mind, and body of humanity. The last three years have changed us in different ways. Evil ran rampant but it has been exposed. Join us as we shine our lights and expose the darkness. It's time.